0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of Walk On Radio. Humph, now, I know a lot of people probably already know. They saw the tweets, they saw the pictures, but uh, I mean, we got some pretty exciting, some very big news. We finally did it. We've been on this, this road, this spring football. So, Humph,
2: why don't you tell the people what just happened this last weekend? Dalton, how does it feel? How does it feel after after three years of being here, finally becoming a conference champion? Man, we get the ring, we get the trophy. You know, they're gonna be t-shirts. I'm sure. It's just it's it's it was really a special weekend, a special memory. Uh, a lot of hard work went into it. Uh, you know that some, Sam Houston hasn't won a conference title since 2016. So for our group to uh, to bring that back, it was just a really a really rewarding rewarding weekend. Yeah,
1: fun fact. Dalton Meyer has never been a part of a winning program. I have always, you know, in, in high school we won some games. We had a positive record, but we never made playoffs. We were always a couple games away, so I never really got a chance to you know, play playoffs to say that I'm going to get a ring. This is a really cool moment. And like you said, Sam Houston, always been known to be those guys, go to the conference and go to the playoffs and be successful. Uh, our first two years, we kind of struggled. We didn't have the best record that we wanted, but we finally did it. We're back to where we want to be. But, I think we ain't done yet. I think we ain't done we yet. We are not done I think yet. we ain't done yet. We, got, we still got one more game. Of course, we have to play UIW. Got a makeup game from the Blizzard. And then we roll in the playoffs. And the bracketology is going to be crazy. We have a special guest later. We're going to get into that later. But... We just talked about it, but give me the review of the game. Because McNeese, they came to play. Big tradition. Coach O was there. Yeah, really that was cool. That was Got neat. to see his son play. And maybe his last game is McNeese-Cowboy. Yep. Uh, the Very strong defense, strong offense. Humph. give me a review of the game against McNeese.
2: Well, and 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 I thought McNeese, you know, you, you said they had tr- some strong players. And I think that that's, that's a good description. I think that individually they had some really good spots. You know, Cody O'Giron, he was good. They had some... Had some athletic receivers. Uh, the defensive end Isaiah Chambers was, you know, one of the best players on the field on both sides. He was really impressive. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think McNeese was that great as a team. Um, here's a hot take for you, Dalton. I think Northwestern State was better than them. Oh I, man, I, I think that they were better than them, and, and we're, we're going to talk about them too. Right? Yeah they they had a had a huge weekend, but yeah, you know, McNeese obviously a very very uh, storied program. Uh unfortunately, I believe we ended their winning season streak. Uh the that was the longest in uh FCS football. But yeah, man, good game. You know, defense really stepped up, had some had some red zone stands. Uh offense, you know, did what they had to do. It was great to have Jaquez Ezard back. He of course just makes plays every single time he touches the ball. Uh, and I and I think I think we're on on a really high note going into Incarnate Word. Yeah,
1: you mentioned Jaquez Ezard. Uh We talked about earlier in a couple episodes. We were saying maybe first team All American receiver. You know, maybe Walter Payton Award winner. And he was a little banged up, kind of been in and out. But let me ask you this: and do we still think he's a first team All American receiver? And also. Where should we put him as a specialist now, being a punt returner and getting all the yards he has? We have one of the top three punt, returner, uh, punt return teams in the country. Is Jaquez
2: in that picture too? So here's actually, that's a great question, and, and here's what I would say. I think, that, I think that most All-American teams have an all-purpose player uh, slot. So, you know, maybe he's not a receiver, maybe he's not a running back, Maybe he does, you know, a lot of return stuff. He's kinda kinda in the middle, does a little bit of everything. Well, if that's not Jaquez Ezard, I don't know who is. Um, I mean, you know, he's gonna finish as as one of the top punt returns in the nation, but he also has some of the most ridiculous receiving stats. So I think that that's a, that's a pretty easy shoe in if you want to consider him an All-American and All-Purpose player.
1: And another player that we've been talking about these past couple weeks is Eric Schmidt. Now uh, talk to me about the little race that we've had. Of course, we don't know who the finalists are going to be. You never know what the committee wants to decide. We've kind of come up with the top three players for the Walter Payton Award. We've been thinking about it, running their stats. So,
2: Hump, talk to me about our, our top three, and uh, how do we think this race might end? Well, and and we'll we're gonna bring this up with our guest in a little bit uh, to 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 see what he thinks. But our three, you know, my, mine and Dalton's, we've got Eric Schmidt, uh, Eric Berrier out of out of Eastern Washington, and Cole Kelly out of Southeastern Louisiana, and they, you know, all three of those guys have had great years. Uh, you know, I, I think that if you look at the stats, they're all pretty close. Um, one thing that I want to note is that you know. A lot of stuff this spring, you, you kind of have to break down into more like per game, per attempt, things like that, just because everyone's seasons were so different and they played different amount of games and, and all that jazz. But Cole Kelly and Eric Barrier have a hundred more attempts than Eric Schmidt. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it just, it just depends how you look at it. Um, you know, I think one notch that, that Eric Schmidt has over those two is that he's, he's currently undefeated. Uh, and I and I've always said that Player of the Year award is is somewhat of a team award. I've always said that. But Eastern Washington, they're gonna they're gonna make the playoffs. Okay, they, they didn't win their conference, but but I think that they're shooing for the playoffs now. Southeastern Louisiana with Cole Kelly, they've got a big weekend ahead of them. You know, they're on the bubble. They certainly have a shot. But uh, yeah, all three of those guys, you know, they're they're very deserving of the award. Uh, but it'll definitely be interesting to see how that goes.
1: Yeah, it's been a fun race. Of course, we talk about Eric Schmidt all the time. He's our quarterback, our guy. I had him on the show for a little bit. We love talking to him, love being around him. He's actually my roommate. Love having him around. Uh, so we'll be keeping up with that race, seeing who's going to get it at the end. Uh, really close matchup. So next, of course, after we we, talk, we review the last game, we preview the next game. So uh, we've already won the conference championship, but... Like we said, I think we ain't done yet. We still want to have a good seeding in the playoffs. So we have a tough ma- matchup against a team that has the number one offense in the country, UIW, Incarnate Word. Like I said, we were supposed to play them first. The blizzard happened, got moved to the last game in San Antonio. So, Hump, tell me about this game. What's well, What are we thinking in a UIW, great offense, defense struggles, but still, that the Cameron Ward we've talked about in a lot of episodes, he is that guy.
2: Well, um, you know, we'll 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 get into why uh, this isn't for the conference championship like people anticipated in a little bit. But I, I just I have a hard time thinking that Incarnate Word is is going to be very amped up for this game. I mean, I know they're playing Sam Houston State, a top four team in the country, conference champs. You know, it'd be great to put a damper uh, on our on our storied season. But man, the, the way that last week ended for them, it's I think it's going to be tough to to bounce back from that. But like you said. Top offense in the country, you know they they really can score some points, but boy, defense is is suspect. Dalton, mm. they're 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 barely inside the top 100 uh, for for defense. Uh, it it hasn't been good, but Cameron Ward, you know he's he's my Jerry Rice uh, award favorite. I think that he's probably going to win that. Um, but yeah, I- anytime you have a quarterback like that, you know there's certainly a chance, but I, I think that. You know, this game is is as as important as any game that Sam Houston has played this season simply because of what's on the line. You know, yes, we've already won conference. Yes, we, we're, we're getting rings, all that. But you win this weekend, and there's a real shot that you have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and that you don't leave the state of Texas.
1: Yeah, and that's really important to traveling, especially in the spring and uh, COVID-19, it could affect. It could. We had some uh, traveling Northwestern State on the same day. That was not fun for us. It was a long bus ride. So uh, staying at home is definitely important. I think a really cool matchup will be Cameron Ward versus Zion McCollum. It's going to be. You know, they're going to want to throw it his way. They're going to want to test him. And our, our secondary, we've seen what CELA and Northwestern State has been able to do to us. So they're probably going to want to throw it a lot. It's going to be a fun matchup. It's going to be really interesting, but. You know, you said they're not going to have a lot of juice. Who knows? Maybe they want to spoil it for us. I know in the beginning of the year, you know, little they were chirping a little bit, talking on Twitter, saying that uh, they're the Southland, they're the real Southland Conference champs, and they want to take it to us. So uh, you know, we're the team to beat in the Southland. So we'll have to see what they're going to do. We're going to talk about next week, of course. But uh, it's really cool that we won the conference championship. Uh, You sent me a thing today on Snapchat. I I don't know if y'all know on Snapchat, you get memories for if you save it, it'll come back three years later. So three years ago, it was our spring game. Uh, we came on a visit, and uh, a little group of us. And how cool is it that now the same, almost all the
2: same guys in that picture are now conference champs. Well, it's awesome, Dalton. And I think it, you know, like I said, it's 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 really rewarding. It's a great feeling. Uh, you and I counted that there's there's thirteen members of our of our uh, recruiting class that are that are still on the team. And so that's that's pretty special for that that group of thirteen to uh, be able to get a ring. Here's a fun fact. Of that thirteen, of that thirteen, there's six of us that are former walk-ons now on scholarship.
1: Man, that's really that's really cool. That's really far. that's really
2: cool, and it's cool that you and I are are a part of that. Um, but yeah, just and I, and I think that I think that it starts. I think it starts our success in the locker room. You know, I think two years ago that that there was a lot of good in the locker room. A lot of a lot of good. People that wanted to win, but I think that there were too many bad apples, and and now I, I don't I don't see that problem, and I think that that's I think that that's the root of our success. I mean, we've always had good players. Sam Houston has always been talented, but I think I think the leadership and the and the want to win off the field is is kind of what has been the driving force for for Sam Houston's success this season.
1: Yeah, we have a really cool team. I, I noticed the way that we handled the summer, and you know, you couldn't bring everybody back. Only bring a certain amount of people because of COVID nineteen. And uh, having the season canceled and everything, the blizzard, a lot of things that we've had to go through. And uh, we always had a positive attitude about it. And that just shows uh, with the conference championship that, you know, we kept it going. Didn't have a lot of negative tests. We didn't have any problems with COVID-19. And uh, we got to keep rolling and keep going into it. So before we go to the playoffs, because, you know, you're going to have your time for that because there's a lot to talk about. We have some NFL news, so a couple, two little things. The First off I want to talk about is James Conner going to the Cardinals. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of big on. I was big on the Cardinals. They were my boys. You, we both had high hopes for them. Kind of fell off in the back half of the season. How does James Connor going to the Cardinals? That can affect their team. They've made a lot of good pickups, of course. JJ Watt on the Arizona Cardinals. How's James Connor going to
2: fit in there? I think. It, I think it'll be good. Uh, rest in peace, Chase Edmonds, running back, one season uh, for fantasy football. But you know, James Conner, he uh, he he had some success uh, in Pittsburgh. He's a great story. You know, a, a cancer survivor. Uh, in college, so that's really neat coming out of, actually, Pittsburgh College. Um, But, yeah, neat neat story. Um, You know, glad he's getting a fresh start in Arizona. Didn't have his best year for the Steelers last year. You know, let me ask you this, Dalton. Do you think the Steelers now pursue – a Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. I
1: mean, I feel like you have to that. James Conner was the Steelers' guy, and they need to kind of fit that role. And there's a lot of good running backs in this draft. This is a good running back class, and I think that you know there's going to be someone that drops to their point where they can pick them up, and they'll be really successful. But let me let me bounce back to you. If you're the Steelers, are you looking for a quarterback? Big Ben is a little, you know, we didn't think he
2: was going to stay, and he stayed. Are we looking for a quarterback if I'm a Steeler? Unless you're planning on unless you're planning on trading for one. Or you know, next season there's a good crop of quarterbacks in the draft. I think you need to draft a quarterback this year uh, because Big Ben. I thought I personally thought he was going to retire last season or, or before this season. Excuse me, uh, but he's coming back, and and I, I would say that this is definitely his last season, and so. Um, who knows? Maybe they get a Sam Eliger, maybe a Kyle Trask, maybe a Kellen Mond. Uh, I mean, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of talent outside of the top three or four guys at the quarterback position in this draft.
1: Yeah, potentially Big Ben's last run as a Steeler. We'll see how they do. And the last uh, NFL news, Julian Edelman. Man, someone yep. that uh, kind of you kind of play similar to, the yep. same little stature, the little short slot receiver that can, that can catch, move around. He's announced his retirement, and a lot of people have been debating this. It's time for me to ask you. <laughs> Julian Edelman. Hall of Famer.
2: Well, Julian Edelman, uh, you know, you talked about our resemblance, and and he's been an inspiration to me because you know, coming out of high school, he was you know had no offers. Uh, he played played college quarterback at Kent State, and and then went to the NFL, seventh round draft pick as a receiver to the New England Patriots. So it's a it's a really great story. You know, he's the he's the epitome of the Patriot way. You know, do your job. Uh, and so he's, he's always been one of my favorite players. I, I, I've i enjoyed watching him over the years, you know, doing things outside of just being a receiver. He's, he's, he's a really, really good model for that. But, hmm. and, and, and don't get me wrong. He's a Patriot all time. Great. Probably in my mind, he's the best Patriot receiver of all time. Really? Uh, yeah, I think so. But he's, a, you know, Patriot Hall of Famer, all of that, but he's not even, he's not even in the, in the conversation, He's not even in the reasonable conversation of an NFL hall of Famer. I mean, wow. no way the stats the stats aren't there. you know, really the only thing that he's got going for him is his playoff stats. But here's what I'm gonna say about that. Don't let Tom Brady's success fool you, okay <laughs> um and and again, no knock on Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman was was the glue for you know Tom Brady for all those years, but I just I just think that you know you're you're crazy if you think that he's going to King. I mean, he's beat he, one Pro Bowl zero All-Pros, you know, he won a Super Bowl MVP, which is big time, uh, but there was one touchdown scored in that game, and he didn't score it. So, (laughs) you know, kind of just a weird situation, but yeah, unbelievable career, Patriots Hall of Famer, but he will not finish in Canton, Ohio. Okay, another question for you then. Do they retire Julian Edelman's number 11 jersey in New England? Now, okay, some teams don't do that. like that. Some teams just don't retire numbers, so I'm not sure what the Patriots do. But if that is something they do, then yeah, I think so. I Again, I think that he's probably the greatest Patriots receiver of all time.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Julian Elliman, uh, he had a great career. And like you said, uh, you kind of fit the mold to him. And Wes Welker, kind of the little Patriot receiver, maybe one day. <laughs> Ryan Humphreys, receiver for the Patriots. Let's all hope and pray for that. But uh, what a career for Julian Elliman. He's uh, he's officially retired Hall of Fame. Guess we'll have to see. Maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe he gets in there
2: as a last minute uh pick. Hey Dalton. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. You're gonna talk about my comparisons. What about getting the opportunity to uh, play your dream position oh. this last weekend? Oh tell, us, tell us Tell us you you know you hinted at it last episode, episode thirty-five. I tell tell the people Tell the people what went down last weekend.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're getting ready for for the week uh, game prep, and I get a text from my tight ends coach, and he said, uh, "You're not gonna believe this. You're about to be really excited." And uh, Coach Merck, Shadow Coach Merck, I love him. He embraces the fullback way. He, uh, we both bought Make Fullbacks Great Again gear. He's he's my guy, and he loves fullback. Well, we we put in a new formation, and it was an I formation, and they said you're playing fullback, and it was it was really cool. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, You know, John Coons, my favorite football player, Green Bay Packer fullback, former Green Bay Packer fullback. Um, We got to run in the game. Now, the funny thing is, is, nobody told me if I was allowed to get in a three-point stance. So <laughs> I didn't know if I was allowed to, so I just did it anyways. I don't know if I got in trouble. Maybe I did. Uh, maybe Coach Merck did. But I put my hand down in the dirt in the high formation. Man, it felt really good. It was really fun. Uh, plays didn't work out like we wanted it to, unfortunately. Didn't get the big breakout run. I didn't get the fullback dive. But just the fact that I was able to play fullback, and hopefully it stays in the playbook. Uh, I know Coach Cardi, uh, he's going to do it. He, he loves his fullbacks. I know it. <laughs> So it was really cool, something I wanted to do for a long time. The finger tape, if if you haven't seen pictures of me on the field, I wear finger tape, I wear no gloves, rocking the fullback all I need
2: is a neck roll. That's what I was going to say, the only thing that can make this better would be the bar down the middle of your face mask and a neck roll. And I'm all for it. I
1: tried wearing a neck roll in high school, you can't get down to stance, I don't know how people do it. But yeah, it was really fun, got to play fullback, hopefully I get to do it again. But uh, that's something, win a ring and play fullback were the two things, I, you know, get a scholarship, win a ring, play fullback. All the things I wanted to do, I've peaked, I think I'm done. I can retire peacefully, I can walk out in the sunset, but I think we ain't done yet. We're going for a national championship, of course. Uh, but before, you know, talking about national championship, Humph, you've had your fantasy corner. You've had your free agency corner. Now it's time for your playoff corner. So t- tell the people, we, we've been tweeting about it, we've been doing a really good job of keeping everybody updated, but uh, it's your playoff time. Talk to the people about automatic qualifiers, some uh, at-large bids, what's it looking like. Of course, we're gonna, that's all we're going to talk about with our guests in a little bit. But before we do that, Humph, this is your time to give your opinion on it and uh, how you think the playoffs are going to work out. So, of course, here's
2: your time, Playoff Corner. Again, you know, we, we've, we've talked about it for weeks, for months now. This is, this is what it all boils down to. It's all about playoffs. Playoffs. I'm talking about playoffs, Dalton. So, this last weekend, there were five automatic qualifiers decided. uh, And and this spring season, in a 16-team playoff field, there's going to be 10 total. So that means that this weekend, there's going to be five more. And after that, when the dust settles, there will be six at-larges, and it will be up to the committee to decide those six teams. But this last weekend, Sam Houston State won the Southland Conference. They're going to the playoffs. Weber State, out of the big sky, they're going to the playoffs. Jacksonville State out of the Ohio Valley Conference. They, they take down Murray State to uh, get the automatic qualifier. They're going to the playoffs. Who else we've got? Oh, Sacred Heart. Uh, it was mm. a little upset pick Never by us. about that one. Oh, yeah, upset pick by us. They, uh, they beat Duquesne in the NEC title game, which was fun. Uh, they actually had a conference title game. Uh, that went to overtime, and, and Sacred Heart came out on top, and they're going to the playoffs. And in the last automatic qualifier last weekend – was another upset that Walk on Radio picked, Monmouth. Monmouth Mm. absolutely dismantles Kennesaw in the Big South uh, automatic qualifier game. So those five teams, you know, this weekend coming up, you're going to get the automatic qualifier decided out of the Missouri Valley Conference. Which is a big one. Which is a huge one. It's it's basically the game of the century is what people are <laughs> what people on twitter are acting like but we'll get to that uh you know you're going to get the CAA decided the Pioneer League decided the Patriot League decided and what's the last one um oh and the SoCon excuse me uh, that's that's your boy the Dets. oh yeah nervous so we'll get into it you know we're going to have a guest on later in the show that it's kind of a bracketology episode. You know, we're gonna talk about bubble teams, we're gonna talk about, you know, if, ands, and buts, candy and nuts, and and possible first round matchups. And I know I know that we're really excited about it. So we're
1: gonna say we're gonna save them details until we get our guest on. Uh but yeah, playoffs gonna be really interesting. It's really fun. Of course, we have the automatic qualifiers, so we're involved. It's gonna hopefully we stay at home, but if not. It'll be fun to travel, see some new stadiums we probably won't ever get to see uh, if we're not in playoffs. So uh, we'll get rolling to that in a little bit. So we've been talking about our, our surprise guest. We tweeted about it. We're really excited. And uh, we'd like to introduce Huntsville Item sports editor Josh Criswell. He's a fan of Walk On Radio. We follow him. He, he's been covering Sam Houston since we've been here. And so, so, Josh, how are you doing today?
0: You know, doing great. Glad to finally come on the show. You know, I've been following you guys along and you know, I love what you guys are doing here.
1: Uh, So to start off the first question, uh, I asked this the first episode before the spring season started, uh, we talked to FCS Nation Radio, and I was just asking, you know, how he felt about the spring season with FCS, but now that it's happened, what are your overall feelings as a fan? Of course, as players, we had our opinions, but as a fan, how did it go for you, and do you think we could see the FCS staying in the spring?
0: Um... I don't think you'll I'll answer the first one, first, last one first, I guess. I don't see the FCS staying in the spring just because of the whole uh, kind of the NFL draft aspect of it. I think you'd kind of see this trend, sort of like we saw um, South Dakota State's a perfect example. I mean, they're still in the national title hunt, obviously, but you know, imagine if they had Kate Johnson out there, a wide receiver for them. Um, so I think keeping in the spring would maybe start a trend of having maybe some of the more talented players potentially, you know, opt out to, you know, play or get ready for the NFL draft. We saw Trey Lance do that obviously with NDSU. Um, But, you know, I guess the first part is, you know, I've loved every bit of it. Um, I think there's definitely been some haters and some naysayers, you know, out there um, talking about, I guess, the validity of a spring season. But, you know, for me, I I think that this championship is – as tough, if not tougher, to, than it's ever been to win. Um, I think everyone's had to deal with so much adversity. And I think the really cool thing is that you're really seeing which programs have really strong cultures and strong depth, because that's really what you've needed to win you know, throughout this spring season.
1: Yeah, we 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 talked about it too in other uh, episodes. Uh, playing in the spring, getting a lot of a lot more TV time. It's been really cool for us, and to get FCS out there, and uh, they've all been really good games. It's, every week, there's been a really cool game. I mean, we saw Hail Mary a couple weeks ago. It's been really interesting, and we love FCS football. We love football all the time. Uh, my next question for you, and of course, you follow Sam Houston. You cover Sam Houston football. So the last two years, we kind of had a drought. We didn't make playoffs. And then this year, we had a sudden surge. So talk to me about this season for Sam Houston. You know, kind of hype us up a little bit. But talk me about Sam Houston, how we did, and what was your reaction following us this whole season?
0: Yeah, you know, honestly, like, I, I, I want to say that I'm surprised by how y'all performed. But to be honest, it, it doesn't really surprise me, right? Because, I mean, anyone that's followed this team closely – knows that the pieces have been there, especially last season, I think we saw it. I think, you know, obviously, Ryan, you know, you're a part of that really big Nichols win, but that win was kind of the uh, symbolized that whole season, as far as not being able to keep a quarterback healthy. I think this year you're finally seeing the potential that last year's team had, you know, the defense, in my opinion, is the best in the country. My buddy, Gene Clemens, uh, that I do the FCS rundown podcast with he works, he works for the athletic. He called you all the best defense in the country earlier today in his column. So, I mean, you have that and you, obviously you throw it over the other side of the ball. And I don't think there's a team that has as many playmakers at the skill positions in the country. And then Eric Schmidt, obviously, the Walter Payton Award candidate, a quarterback, I know we'll probably talk some awards later. But, you know, I think this is a team that has all the pieces. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that y'all surprised me too much just because I saw bits and pieces of it being there last season. But I've been, you know, thoroughly impressed. And I I said it, I think, uh, I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, but, you know, it's you guys at one and probably Delaware at number two, in my opinion, as far as, you know, you, you cover up all the names on the resumes, you, you block out that North Dakota State uh, blinder that a lot of people seem to be wearing. And, you know, y'all at Delaware are the two most accomplished teams this spring, in my opinion.
2: Well, uh, how much uh, how much did uh, Coach Keeler slide under the table for you to say that Sam Houston in Delaware were one and two in the country this spring? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I said that uh, on the podcast. I can't remember who I was talking to about it, uh, but they have the, uh, the exact same uh, response. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'm a... Uh, we're having uh Coach Keeler on the Bet the SCF podcast coming up here later this week. So I'm sure we'll have a couple of questions to ask him about that whole uh Sam Houston Delaware connection and what that's been like this season.
2: Oh yeah. It's you know, I, I've I've been impressed with them as well and I think that I think that that's a great take. Uh you know, we want to jump into the uh the playoffs and before we get into the bubble teams, I wanna ask you, you know, you mentioned that uh there's been some rumblings of uh, possibly Sam Houston State having the best defense in the country, and uh, I remember a couple of weeks back, you know, your Twitter mentions were a little bit on fire from uh, a certain conference in the FCS talking about how Sam Houston has never had a defense, and and you know when they run into the SEC of the FCS, uh, that in the playoffs it, it's going to get bad. So how do you how do you feel that the defense's success? Will fare for for Sam Houston as far as being a higher seed in the playoffs and eventually running into a CAA or a Missouri Valley foe.
0: Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing uh, that it all comes down to, and you know, obviously none of this takes away from the secondary because y'all have all Americans, you know, potential NFL players back there. But you know, to me, it all comes down to that front six or seven, you know, that defensive line and linebacker core. Because I think the biggest difference is that in years past, where, you know, Sam Houston had these great seasons and then ran into the big dogs in the playoffs and kind of faltered. I think that's sort of the biggest thing that they were lacking. They didn't have a defensive front that could really match up with those elite teams. I think this year, they have the best defensive front in the entire country. I mean, you, you know those guys out there on the defensive line. You have about five or six of them that, in my opinion, would start on basically every team in the Southland Conference. Um, so, whenever you have that kind of depth, you know, you have guys like Trevor Williams, you know, Mark Perry, Quentin Brown at, at linebacker. I mean, you really look at it, and it's not just like an FBS caliber defensive front, it's almost a Power Five level defensive front. And so, I really think that. That's the key to everything, you know. As good as that that back end of the defense is, I think it all comes down to that front six or seven. When whenever you're talking about specifically matching up against teams like JMU and North Dakota
1: State, yeah, I think the uh, cool thing about our defense, especially our front five, too is uh, if one person goes out, the backup is just as good. Could start anywhere like you said. And also, we play so many young players. We talked about this last episode. We have so many freshmen going in and playing and, and people that you wouldn't expect to play. And we also say because of the spring is is the reason that those young guys can get in. Because it doesn't count, you might as well let them get in and get some playing time. So our defense looks really good. I want to ask you this question because we brought this up earlier in this episode. We've been talking about Jaquez Ezard. We've been bringing it up. We've asked it almost every week. And uh, he he, kind of, he didn't have the numbers he did in the beginning of the year, but he's still putting up crazy numbers. So I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about Jaquez Ezard possibly being first-team All-American? And uh, now that he's one of the best punt returners in the country, where would you would you think he's in that potential to be an All-American uh, athlete? I, I 100% think that
0: he's an All-American athlete. Um, I mean, even you know with everything up to this day, I think at the season end of tomorrow, He would be an All-American, in my opinion. Um, and honestly, uh, up until about two, two weeks ago or so, you know, right after that Lamar game, I thought he was very much in the conversation as one of those guys that's sort of on the outside looking in of the Walter Payton award discussion. Um, obviously, I think probably the biggest thing that hurt him is, you know, he, he stepped on the field for one play against Northwestern state. And while I might realize that, you know, the people that are voting nationwide, they don't realize that that just plummeted his yards per game average, which he was leading the country in. So, I mean, in my opinion, he's an All American, no doubt. He can be an All American uh, return specialist receiver, and I, I think without a doubt, you know, I've covered some great receivers. You know, Davion Davis is you know one that comes to mind immediately, and he just kind of has that it factor at receiver where you know that this guy's going to be playing on Sunday someday.
2: All right, well, jumping into uh, jumping into those top four seeds that were mentioned. When the dust settles and and it's it's selection Sunday, who who do you think will be the top four teams uh, in the country for for seeding?
0: Um, so the, who I believe the selection committee will have as the top four teams in the seating. Um, it, it, I guess a part of it will come down to how this final weekend shape, shapes up. I think if JME struggles or loses, that could jump Sam Houston all the way to number two. I think the winner of North Dakota State, South Dakota State, is pretty much locked into that number one spot. Even number one or number two. Um, clearly, you know, you, you see the committee and they obviously have very uh, high opinions of James Madison. So I think it would take you know a very dominant effort on y'all's part, um, you know, to jump both at North Dakota State and uh, and James Madison, maybe South Dakota State. You could jump up in there, but I'd say, let's say, you know, North Dakota State wins. I have them at one. Um, you guys blow out UIW. I put y'all at two, JMU close win against Richmond at three. And then after that, even though they haven't really done anything to impress me all season, I guess, you know, by virtue of having an undefeated season and being a national title contender coming into the year, I think you got to put Weber State there. But then the more I think about it, um, if Delaware blows out, it's kind of funny because Sam ran in the same situation. You kind of get pretzel bread the more you uh, start talking about it. But uh, I just completely forgot about Delaware. Um, And so in my opinion, they're the most deserving CAA, CAA team. But you know, as as you guys are well aware, and as I'm well aware, there is a little bit of a bias whenever it comes to the established powers. So, if I had to guess, it would probably be an undefeated JMU, um, either at one or two, the winner of South Dakota State, North Dakota State, at that other spot. Sam Houston at three, and Weber at four. In my opinion, I would have Sam Houston one, Delaware two, undefeated, um, and then that South Dakota State, North Dakota State winner, um, and then after that, Weber State. But at the first one, I
2: guess, is is my opinion of how the selection committee will do it. So do you feel pretty confident that uh, if Richmond were to upset James Madison this weekend, do you feel pretty confident that Delaware would jump into that third or fourth slot?
0: I think you have to. I think you have to put an undefeated CAA champion in one of the top three seats. Uh, I think... That and then you have to put the Missouri Valley, you know, that winner of that game. Those are kind of, I feel like, locked into those top three. Um, you know, for for Sam Houston, if it's a you know a three or four point game against UIW, maybe like you fall in danger of slipping to four. But I, I think Sam's also kind of built enough of a resume. Or if you go out especially win by double digits this weekend, I think you should feel pretty comfortable about locking up that three seed, especially just for the simple fact that. You played a full
1: season. Uh, another team you just mentioned, Weber State, and you talked about it, and we've talked about it throughout the weeks. You know, winning's hard, and, and Coach Keeler always tells us that. But they've been winning kind of ugly. So, in your opinion, you you kind of have Weber falling or falling, but because they are Weber State, they're going to be ranked high. How do you think they're going to do in the playoffs? Do you think they they could make a good run, or could we see an upset by a lower-seeded team?
0: I, I think if there's any team that's Prime to get upset by a lower-seeded team. It is going to be Weber State, um, but that said, I could also see them going on a run. Um, It's very interesting. I really wish that we could have seen them in Eastern Washington this spring. I think that would tell us a lot more about both of those teams uh, because at at this point, I'm almost thinking that Eastern Washington might be the the bigger threat to go on a deep run just because of the stellar play at quarterback with Eric Berrier. I mean, if I were to pick one of those two teams that I like to go deep in the playoffs, I'm almost leaning towards Eastern Washington
2: at this point. Well, and, and it's funny you mentioned Eastern Washington. That was going to bring me to my next question. Uh, and and as you know, uh, the committee, you know, you can't, you can't play a team in the first round or they don't, they don't want to pair a team up in the first round with someone that you've played in the regular season. But Weber in Eastern Washington did not play in the regular season, and the geography makes sense. So do you think that you think that we could get a possible first-round matchup out of the two?
0: You know, th- it's really interesting. I-, I don't think that you will just because I think that if Weaver's anywhere in the top four, um, that, I don't think Eastern Washington's going to be a low enough seed to kind of fall into that situation. Um, I think Eastern Washington, you're looking at them as one of the teams that's In this thing, for sure. At this point, I don't think there's anything that can really change that. Um, So I, I think the seating might not work, but it's definitely possible. It's something that I would love to see. And you do bring up a good point with the geography. That's a lot, I think, a lot more important than it has been, obviously, in previous years.
2: Now, and I and I definitely would not be surprised if they were kind of in a in a pod together. You know, Weber is the fourth seed, and and they play the winner of of whoever Eastern Washington plays in the first round, and and that could be a quarterfinal matchup, and, and that yeah. you know, and, that could, and I think
0: that's a very likely scenario. Now that you mentioned, I think that if I if I were to put my money on it, I, I think a Weber Eastern Washington matchup in the
2: second round is very likely. Yeah, that would be awesome and you know, cool that cool that Weber won the big sky, but but I think I think that you're right in saying that Easter Washington could have the last laugh. No doubt.
1: Now, with the automatic qualifiers, of course, there's the at-large bids. And there's a lot of teams. We, we keep bringing up different names of teams that can make it. So in your opinion, who are the at-large bids that the teams that are most likely going to get in? You know, there's the Sealas that have a really good chance. You don't know because a lot of people say the Southland isn't a strong conference. But uh, what teams do you think have the best chance to get that at-large?
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's tough. Um, I have Southeastern Louisiana. They're kind of one of those that... They're a team that I think has a really strong resume. And the fact that they played Yalta within five points, and that's kind of the unique thing about their resume, right, is that it's a very rare thing where the most impressive thing a team has done is lose a game. But, you know, seeing the way that y'all have been beating teams, I think it's by over 27 points per game. The fact that they played Yalta within five, I think that says a lot about the talent of that team. I think Nichols and UIW just kind of tripping over themselves the past couple weeks really has hurt the Southland a lot because, I mean, there was a point in the season where people were talking about, man, could the Southland sneak a second-at-large bid, and then all of a sudden, you know, Nichols and UIW might have played the conference's way out of that extra spot. But I think Southeastern Louisiana has a chance. I kind of have my at-large options ranked one through Eight with, you know, some more long shots in there, I guess you'd say, obviously, the six, the six at-larges that get in. So I've got at the number one spot, you know, your undefeated CAA at-large team would obviously be right there. A one-loss North Dakota team would be right there for sure. The North Dakota State, South Dakota State loser, you almost have to say they're going to be in there. I think the only scenario would be if South Dakota State loses by like 30 points. Um, that could maybe be bad enough to drop them out, but it still would be tough to, to see them fall all the way from being one of the top teams to out of the picture. Uh, North Dakota State, I've been told that North Dakota State could lose by 50 and it wouldn't even matter. Just the name alone is going to get a two-loss North Dakota State team into the playoffs. Um, I think Villanova with a dominant win over Delaware is very much in the picture, um, and then that kind of creates a conundrum where do you leave out a Delaware team that's been – perhaps the most dominant this spring that drops its last game. So that's a very you know interesting one to watch at number five. I've got Eastern Washington and then here's where it kind of gets interesting, right? Because I have a few scenarios where like Missouri state, for instance, I could see them, especially if, you know, North Dakota state, South Dakota state's a blowout. I could see a situation where they make a jump. Uh, but I have Missouri state as my last team in, uh, right now, it, these are obviously, you know, different scenarios, but I would have, you know, a one loss Delaware and a one loss JMU being kind of right there on the outside looking in. And then some of the other teams that are right there, these are the teams that kind of need everything to break their way. It's, it's going to be, you know, southeastern Louisiana. Uh, they're going to need a blowout win over southern Illinois. Austin Peay, uh, Kennesaw State, very unlikely. But, you know, we could see some crazy stuff happen if all the dominoes fall their way. Some people are saying Southern Illinois because of that North Dakota state win. I don't see it, but you never know at the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, Mercer's another team that I'm seeing a lot of, but they have a couple of really bad losses that I think will hurt them. Um, And then Richmond with a close loss, I don't think they're in. Um, I've heard a couple people say UIW. I think UIW has a chance, um, but the only possible way that you do it is if UIW beats Sam Houston by two touchdowns because – there, you just if if you're UIW, you got to get the bad taste out of the committee's mouth. You know, even though Northwestern State's a lot better team than their record says, you can't you know have Nichols hang seventy-five on you in a thirty-point loss, and then get beat by a team that hadn't won a game all se- all season a couple games a couple weeks later. So. I think it would take a lot for UIW to get in. Um, I actually have a couple of notes here. If, if you want me to run through them on kind of who teams on the bubble should be cheering for, do you want me to kind of
2: run through that real quick? You, you go right ahead.
0: Awesome. So, in Missouri Valley, it, and this is my opinion. You know, you have you need North Dakota State to win to win big, right? Because they're in this thing regardless. So, if you're on the bubble, you want North Dakota State to win by enough that it makes the committee question if a two-loss SDSU team deserves to be in. You also want Youngstown State to beat North Dakota, uh, just because I think North Dakota would probably fall out at that point. And it would also hurt SDSU's resume. So kind of a double-edged sword there. Um, And obviously this is just if you're one of the teams on the bubble. Um, Delaware and James Madison, you want both of them to win those games convincingly enough to remove any doubt that the CAA is a a two-bit league this year. Um, So I think Delaware and James Madison blowouts. Means only one at large for the CAA and one for another conference, and in the Southland, in my opinion, I think Sam Houston needs to win big. Uh, Southeastern Louisiana's best shot for an at large, I think that that's who it is right there. I don't see UIW getting in, but I think if Sam Houston blows out UIW that makes that early loss by southeastern Louisiana a little bit better. And then they still need to go out and throttle SIU to have a chance to fight their way back in. And then if if you're looking at the SoCon, you're cheering for uh, Virginia Mil- Military Institute, um, a, a bet the FCS favorite, and uh, Sanford, You're you're looking for them to beat Mercer and knock them off the bubble uh, for good. So I hope I uh, I hope I didn't confuse you guys too much. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of where I see it all right now.
2: No, yeah, and that's that's all great. Uh, you know, I think I think that we're on the same page as far as what we think. Uh, one. One thing that stuck out to me that you said, uh, let's say Richmond, again, this is a big topic because that's a huge game this weekend. Let's say Richmond beats James Madison, and, and let's say it's pretty convincing. Uh, do you think do you think the Dukes should be worried at, uh, at missing out on the playoffs?
0: I think they should. Um, and I think especially they should be worried. I think if KMU gets beat by, say, two or three touchdowns and Villanova beats Delaware in a you know maybe a two or three point game all of a sudden I would be very worried if uh, if I'm James Madison the way I have it right now you know at my rankings right now I have a uh, obviously the undefeated CAA at large at number 1 as far as at large power uh, power rankings go to so take that away and right now I would have in this scenario I would have a one-loss Delaware getting in over a one-loss JMU. Um, So it's tricky, Um, obviously. I think if you have two one-loss teams in the CAA, that's the scenario where JMU gets knocked out. I think you're going to kind of see something similar that you see with North Dakota State. I don't think that you're going to leave the name and attention that James Madison gets, you know, as much as it may suck to get in a team like a Mercer that started really bad but finished really strong. Um, so I think Gmu has the name brand recognition. I think the one scenario where they get in trouble is where they get beat bad and Delaware loses in a close loss.
2: Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that I think that if you're a Missouri State or a or a CELA or a Mercer, you know, a Richmond a Richmond win uh is is gonna really kill your chances. you know you instead of yeah. instead of two at larges left uh per se, you really only got one and, and then, like you said, you would be praying that delaware beats beats Villanova pretty handily because if 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 not, then a mercer, a Missouri state and and a Sela are really on the outside looking in
0: yeah and and for me, I think Missouri state is in um i think that's my opinion. I don't know how the committee's gonna view it um obviously, they have that really bad loss to north Dakota state um and they don't have any extremely high quality wins they beat some solid programs along the way um but it's interesting. It's tough because if I'm not mistaken, you know, they didn't play uh, South Dakota State. So I think it's, it's tough because they're one of those one loss teams where, you know, you have one loss, yes, but you didn't play necessarily the toughest schedule possible in your conference. But for me, I have Missouri State in kind of regardless. But, you know, like you said, if, if, if JMU ends up losing, I would definitely be sweating it if I was a Bears fan.
2: Do you think that? Uh, do you think Missouri State's fall, um, you know, do you think their fall schedule hurts them? Uh, because they, they lost twice to Central Arkansas, uh, and, you know, you'd, you'd think that that would be a probable Southland Conference playoff team, but Central Arkansas also lost to Eastern Kentucky, which I would definitely say is a pretty bad loss last fall.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because, and it's kind of the way that different people vote. Um, I, I know Sam Herder is very similar to me. You know, here at Sports and Bet MGM, we're we're both kind of similar minded in that we really kind of put almost all of our stock into the spring Um, with maybe if you're in a tiebreaker scenario, maybe look at some stuff that happened in the fall. A good example would be Jacksonville state, right? Um, You know, they have that FBS win over Florida international. So, you know, if you're kind of teetering on, you know, do they, do you put them in a position to be in one of those top, you know, six to eight seeds or whatever. Um, I think that might be something you look at, but yeah, it's going to all come down to the individual committee member. That's the interesting thing. It's, it's kind of, my understanding is that it's not necessarily you have to judge the fall, but it's kind of there for reference, if that makes any sense. Um, so to answer your question, I definitely do think Missouri state was hurt by their performance in the fall. Um, And for me, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I didn't, you know, put them up into my rank. I was probably a week or two late getting them into my rankings just because I looked at, you know, the overall rankings and I'm like, oh, I'm, not, I'm not putting in this four loss team or whatever. Um, and then you're like, oh, wait, they're actually they've actually been kind of tearing it up. So they, uh, you know, they might have hurt themselves a little bit. I think especially, you know, I, you would hope that the committee members are all zeroed in and know, you know, all these circumstances around the teams. But I really hope that a committee member doesn't look down and see their combined record with the fall and just automatically bump them down a peg.
2: Yeah, and I totally agree with that. I I actually am not a fan uh, of the fact that the fall is is technically counting toward playoff resume. And here's why, you know, you look at a North Dakota State, uh, you know, a team that beat Central Arkansas. Well, that's <laughs> you and I both know that that's not the same team uh, now that it was in the fall. You know, you lose Trey Lance, you lose uh, Dylan uh, Run. I don't know how to pronounce it. Run the The NFL offensive tackle that they have and and you lose other people and then you know a team like Jacksonville State you mentioned that that has an FBS win well that was with Zarek Cooper you know a star quarterback in the FCS he's out this spring and and if you've watched any Gamecock football you know it's pretty it's pretty easy to tell that they're not the same team I mean they're you know automatic qualifier OVC champs but if if you watch the if you watch them versus Austin P watch them versus some other OVC teams, you, it's pretty easy to realize that they're not the same team that they were back in the fall.
0: No, absolutely. I, th- I think you're right on with that, and that's why I haven't factored in at all. Like for me, I'm not going to give uh, you know North Dakota State credit in the spring because they paid central Arkansas to come up and be Trey Lance's pro day in the fall. So so for me, I'm not, I'm not taking any of the fall stuff into account, but I have to imagine that at least, you know, a couple of the people
2: on the committee will, unfortunately. And, and one, one more Missouri state topic. Um, You know, I think something that, that could hurt them or hurt Sela this week is, is obviously the matchup between Sila and and Southern Illinois because Missouri State beat Southern Illinois on a last second field goal just a few weeks ago so if if CELA goes out and 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 beats the Salukis by two or three touchdowns then that that doesn't look as good for for Missouri State's resume so I'm sure that you know there, there there's a lot of eyes on that one having a common opponent
0: No, absolutely. I think, you know, as far as in terms of teams that, in my opinion, have done everything they possibly can to earn a spot in the playoffs and should be playing in the postseason, Missouri State, far and away, is the one that's sweating it this weekend. Like, they're they're the team that I feel like the committee members are going to be looking for a reason to say, you know, who are we putting ahead of them um especially you know if you get into a situation where it is are they the fourth missouri valley team that's getting into the postseason because i i really don't know if that happens um so it's, it, it's going to be crazy. Missouri State, I think, yeah, definitely going to be paying attention to the results. Um, what I, I just don't see them jumping Missouri State uh, purely based on the kind of national Southland perception thing that we've all seen. Um, especially with the kind of, as I mentioned earlier, with the Nichols and UIW stuff. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the best thing that can happen for southeastern Louisiana is for y'all to go out there and beat Incarnate Word by like 48 points Um, and for them to go out and do pretty much the same thing to Southern Illinois. If that kind of thing happens, um, and maybe not even that, you know, exaggerated of a blowout, but, you know, two blowouts there in the Southland, and I think all of a sudden then Missouri State could be in a little bit of trouble.
2: So we won't we won't talk about the whole bracket, but since you know obviously you're the you're the same Houston beat writer. Let's say Sam Houston goes out and and does does their thing against Incarnate Word. You know they're a they're a two or three seed uh, going into Selection Sunday. Who could you see matching up with Sam Houston in the first round, and and who could be the other two teams in their little pod for the quarters?
0: It's a really, uh, it's a really interesting question, right? I think you're going to be looking at like your, uh, your Pioneer League auto qualifier as one of those, as one of those options you look at, um, and, and it's all going to come down to, you know, who ends up being the finalized AQs, but I see them as one option. Um, I, I think you could see maybe a, maybe a Missouri state even, um, Potentially in eastern Washington, but like I said earlier, I don't think that eastern Washington's gonna be down low enough. Maybe a one loss JMU, maybe a one loss Villanova. Um I, I, it it's tough. It it seems like if you're in one of those top four seeds, you're kind of gonna be playing like a Sacred Heart, uh Pioneer League type. Uh that would be my guess. If if you guys get Sacred Heart, that's gonna be an interesting one because uh Obviously y'all's defense is uh, like nothing that Sacred Heart has faced all season by any means. Uh, but Julius Chestnut, man, he is one of the most exciting players in the entire FCS. Um so I, I think you'll probably see something like that. I think um probably the Pioneer League camp or the um, you know, Sacred Heart or you know, one of those teams that you look at and it's the conferences that wouldn't be getting a team in if they didn't get an AQ.
2: And that's kind of what I saw a lot of yesterday with, with bracketology and the one that we put out, we had Sam Houston versus Davidson, uh and, and you know, you talked about the pioneer the Pioneer League winner. Uh I could you know, I could see possibly a Virginia Military Institute or a Richmond. Uh, you know, there it's a little the geography it makes it tough because of how you know the west side of of america there's you know you really only have weber and eastern washington and so you you got to figure that they're probably going to be more paired with the dakota schools and and sam houston and jacksonville state are going to be paired with with the northeast schools
0: you you could but at the same time you could see a scenario especially cuz you'll want to get kind of if if there is a southland school that gets in like say southeastern louisiana i could see sam houston potentially Getting paired with those West Coast schools, um, and for the pure reason of um, the uh, the fact of you know Houston Airport being what an hour drive down the road, if that, I think that plays a really big part in everything. Um, I mean, I think that's a big reason why the championships in Dallas every year. It's such a great kind of centralized location for everybody to get to. So if we only have a, a couple of teams out west that do make it. I think there that there's a good chance that maybe Sam Houston gets thrown in as you know the fourth team or whatever in that pod.
2: The only, you know okay if that's if that's the case, the only thing that can really change that would be if Sam Houston and Weber are are top four seeds because if, then if that happens, it would be it would be pretty pretty tough to uh, decide that Easter Washington would be paired with Sam Houston rather than a Weber or or one of the Dakotas.
0: That, that that is very true. It it all comes down to kind of how those top four seeds uh, shake out. And, and something else that's interesting too. It, it is not at all out of the equation that if North Dakota State loses by one point that they could potentially get that four seed. I don't think it it wouldn't be my prediction, but I also wouldn't rule that out of the equation.
2: So you're saying that would in that hypothetical you'd go uh, South Dakota State one. James Madison, two, Sam Houston, three, and, and North Dakota State, four?
0: Yeah and, yeah, and just because I didn't really even think about the top seed factor whenever I was throwing it out there. But, yeah, I think that would kind of be that scenario that lumps Sam Houston in with the West schools.
2: Well, that would, that would certainly set the nation on fire if, if North <laughs> Dakota State gets a loss this weekend and still, and still has home field advantage throughout the quarterfinals.
0: Yeah, it, it it's pretty crazy. Like the more I talk to people about it and that all everyone wants to talk about is their huge win over North Dakota um and it, it's it's kind of funny how everyone gets amnesia whenever anyone wants to bring up that 24 point loss that uh, Southern Illinois handed to them. So it's uh it's interesting. I I wouldn't see that scenario happening. I think uh I it, it's going to be interesting. So so much can so much different things can happen. that it's it's really hard to kind of figure it out. I think we'll get a lot better picture. I think once the games are played on Saturday, then I think we'll kind of be able to see a little bit where everything's set in stone. But it's crazy. You know, I've talked about it all season long. It seems like we're here at the finish line. We still barely know anything about any of these teams.
1: Yeah, you said it best yourself. We're at the finish line. Playoffs is really interesting. But uh, along with playoffs, we have the awards, and we've been talking about it. We mentioned it. And uh, we bring up every week the Walter Payton Award, the watch list, and who to look out for. So, of course, we want to ask you, who's on your Walter Payton Awards watch list? We always mention Eric Schmidt, Eric Berrier, Cole Kelly. There's a bunch of good names. But uh, who, in your opinion, are the top three or top people to look at?
0: Yeah, I think for me it's – I feel like I'm probably leaving somebody out, uh, but for me, it's a little bit of a two-horse race, and it comes down to Eric Schmidt and, and Eric Berrier. Um, And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that these teams played complete seasons, and because these play, players played such key roles in their team success. I think the one thing that unfortunately might hurt Eric's chances. I think he was honestly the favorite uh, about two weeks ago, and I think those uh, those two picks. You know, I think each of the past two weeks is something that could potentially hurt his chances, especially when people start just kind of stat watching between the two. Um, But at the same time, I think the one thing that kind of puts Eric over the edge is how dangerous he is with his legs. And that's Eric Schmidt. I think it's tough, right? Like Sam Houston, it, it almost feels like with the narrative and how, you know, this. if you want to treat it like the Heisman and, you know, best player on the best team, it it, it kind of goes to Eric Smith. Um, but then you could also say there's a there's an argument to be made that not that it takes anything away from, you know, Eric's talent, but he has so many weapons to throw to. You look at Eric Berrier and it's like you know, would they have what, two or three wins if if he wasn't playing for Eastern Washington this year? Um so it, it's kind of one of those unique scenarios where you have so much talent. Um, and I think it's something that we're going to see on the defensive side of the ball. I think the best defense in the country isn't going to get the buck Buchanan just because there's so many talented players on that unit. Um, I think it's Eric Berrier, Eric Schmidt, kind of one, a one B. I think this final weekend, if Eric has a huge performance, that might put him over the edge. Um, but those are kind of my top two. Julius Chestnut. I mentioned him. He's kind of a sleeper. And an honorable mention I have to throw out is, uh, Riesudenski, you know the VMI quarterback, obviously. I think it's the torn ACL that knocked him out for the year. But I mean, you, you talk about the, the best and you know coolest stories of this FCS spring season, and it's got to be Virginia Military Institute. Just them, everything they've gone through. Just a couple years removed from you know winning one game over a two season span, and all of a sudden, you know they're they're knocking on the doors of the playoffs. Had a five and a start. Um, so if Riesudenski didn't go down and he kept playing the way he was, I think he was honestly. Maybe one of those top three favorites, um, but we'll obviously get into it a little bit. But I think him going down and the success that DMI was able to a little bit sustain uh, is, is going to be one of the driving factors in my pick for coach of the year.
1: Yeah, the Virginia Military Institute, Mike key debts. Uh, I love him to death. We In our preview episode, we were kind of making fun of him a little bit because we never heard of him. And look at them now come out of nowhere and having such a great season. I cheer for them. I always pick him in our pick them. Uh, so we talked about the Walter Payton Award, another award, and you mentioned it earlier, the Buck Buchanan Award, uh, best defensive player. And you said it, you know, it might not be the best player, but the better team. Uh, who to look out for? No, the Buck Buchanan.
2: He said that it might not be a player on the best team. I think he's hinting that Sam Houston State. We have so many good defensive players. There's really it's too hard to pick yeah. one out of the out of the whole bunch.
0: Yeah, because, I, I mean, you look at it, and for me, like, I can't even choose, if you're going to choose the defensive lineman. like, I can't make up my mind between any of them. Um, I think there's three guys that are equally. Uh, and, and the thing about y'all's defensive line, real quick, is that the stats don't always show it, but whenever you watch the tape or you watch the games live, like, it's it's absolutely insane, like, how disruptive certain players are, like Trace Mastara, Joe Wallace, and Zahari Kay, you know, who's really impressed me this year and a lot of other guys as well. But, you know, they're just so disruptive that even if they aren't making the play, they're just absolutely wrecking havoc on the offense. But for me, if I'm looking at, you know, Buckley McCann Award, I have two people I'm looking at. Um, I, a guy that's interesting for me that I really like, and he probably will get in my vote maybe, is uh, Colby Campbell from Presbyterian. Um, you know, he's on pace. To go over 100 tackles in a seven game season. I think that's pretty impressive. Um, I always love to see guys from the smaller schools get some love. And we've seen that before, you know, with these FCS awards. So that's one possibility. And then the other game I'm looking at, I think I'm getting his name right, is uh, James Kezor uh, from North Dakota State. You know, I, I think there's a good chance he gets it just because he's the anchor of that defense and really if, if you look at north dakota state this season they wouldn't be a playoff team if the defense hadn't played at the level it had i mean you saw them early in the season we even saw them last week like that it's offense really awesome is nothing work. spectacular um and the fact and that they are where they are, where they are in it's the discussion incredible. you know regardless of how much they get a boost because of their name you know, he's been the leader and that kind of anchor of the defense that has kept the Bison in that top national title uh, discussion.
1: Yeah, the Buck Buchanan Award, a big award. You said, it, I was thinking, it, and you said yourself, uh, yourself, the best. Sam is, is such a good defense, so many good players. It's going to be hard to pick one out of that group. So we might not get it, but we do have a really good defense. And the final award I want to ask you about is the Jerry Rice Award. And uh, me and Humph have kind of decided that we think Cameron Ward has it in the bag, but there are still a lot of good names out there. So uh, for the Jerry Rice Award, who to look out for? And do you think Cameron Ward might have it?
0: Yeah, I think you guys said it right, Cameron. Uh, Cameron Ward has locked that thing up, and I think he locked it up a week or two ago. I mean, he's he's been absolutely outstanding to watch, and such a cool story. I mean, he's a guy who came in, and if I remember correctly, he you know barely passed for you know a thousand yards whenever he was in in high school. You know, he's he was a triple option quarterback, and all of a sudden, you know, you throw him in to that spread offense at UIW, and they've just been tearing people apart. Um, it, it was kind of funny. I remember there was a poll the very first week of the season that put Incarnate Word um, at, like, number 16, and everybody, like my podcast included, was dunking on them for it. Um, and then the next week they go out and they're like, oh, I guess you guys knew something. Uh, so I think I think it's Cameron Wards without a doubt. Honestly, if, if UIW didn't have such – bad losses I I think especially if they're a one loss team like say if UIW were undefeated and their only loss was to you guys this weekend I I think Cameron Ward makes a case for the Walter Payton Award just on a statistics uh, standpoint so I think he's locked up the Jerry Rice Award but I also like Mark Brunowski you know not to win it I don't think He's put up the numbers to get past uh, Cameron Ward. But I think just what he's done, you know, he was the third option coming into the season. I didn't even know his name until, you know, the first series against and I in that season opener. And then all of a sudden he's come in. And he's beat you in multiple different ways. You know, there's been games where he's thrown for over 300 yards. And then there's also been games, you know, wherever he's not needing to do as much with his arm. But he puts up over 100 on the ground and a couple of touchdowns. So, I mean, he's just one of those unique players that I don't think he's going to get the Jerry Rice Award. But I think he'll get some votes. And I think he's definitely, he, he deserves to get some recognition. And I think he's a guy to watch these next three or so years.
1: Yeah, I definitely think both these quarterbacks have such a great future, and I said it earlier, I think a cool matchup will be Cameron Ward versus Zion McCollum this week. Uh, going to be a big game for both teams. The last thing we want to do for you before we let you go is we want you to help us out with our pick 'em. Now, we do pick em every week, pick the best matchups, and we have three matches for you that we want uh, you to tell us who you think is going to win. And, of course, they're the three biggest matchups of the weekend. So first off, we have Delaware versus Villanova.
0: I'm going to go with Delaware. Um, I, I think Villanova has a lot of potential, and they could definitely make me look bad. Uh, but I'm going to go with Delaware. I think they've been steamrolling everybody, and I don't think that stops this weekend.
1: Yeah, big game. Delaware has really good defense. The next matchup, uh, and we've ta- you've talked about it, how big this is, Richmond versus James Madison. James Madison kind of had a easier schedule. This is kind of the real test, and Richmond Spiders, a chance to dethrone the Dukes. Who do you take?
0: Uh, I'm going with James Madison all day. Um, I haven't been impressed with, you know, either of these teams' resumes to this point. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just James Madison. They've shown flashes, right? Like James Madison has struggled at times this season, but they've also shown flashes of being the national title contender that we all know they are. So I'm giving the Dukes and, uh, I think they win that one comfortably by at least a touchdown or two.
1: And the final matchup, the main event of the weekend, of course, South Dakota State University versus North Dakota State University. A lot on the line here, the SEC of the FCS. So who are you taking in this main event matchup? Give me South
0: Dakota State. Um, and for the the reason that I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, <laughs> I think they have a the better quarterback. Uh, they have Mark Gronowski, who it, it's crazy that we're saying this, you know, the red shirt freshman where, you know, North Dakota State's got its plethora of options. But, uh, uh give me give me mark granowski and give me the jacks i think that they're gonna go out there and secure probably that you know that number one seed in the country this week
1: well what a what a crazy pick! that's gonna be really interesting great week of football playoffs on the line we're so glad we got you on the show you know we follow you for you always get our games that are covering us uh where can we find you on twitter and uh any last words before we send you off
0: yeah, you know, re- really glad that, uh, that you guys brought me on the show. You know, I'm a big fan, so I guess a long-time, first-time type of thing. So I- I'm glad to come on the show, talk to you guys. And, yeah, just follow me on Twitter at item underscore Chriswell, and then also, you know, with the Bet the FCS podcast at bet underscore FCS. So, yeah, you know, thanks again for having me on, and, you know, let's let's do this thing again maybe a couple weeks down the road in the playoffs.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we-, we would We would be glad to have you guys. Man, what a great guest. A lot
2: of good ideas, good opinions a play out. Hey, a lot of
1: similar opinions than we
2: did. A lot, a lot of how we've thought and you know, yesterday, you know, I was I I kind of do the bracketology and I sent it to you for your opinion. We agreed, well, a lot of what he had to say is exactly what we have. Uh and so that's that's pretty cool. Uh obviously, you know, the picture's clear. But the bottom of the picture is still a little fuzzy, you know. This weekend, when it's, it's going to tell us a lot.
1: Yeah, he has a lot of great opinions. Bet FCS is great podcast, and uh, South Dakota State Uh-oh. in the, in the Hello, we have our pickem, of course. We're not just going to let him pick. We have our opinions, but of course, we have to roll through some scores. So, Humph. Of course, if you got anything to say? Let me know. But let's roll into it. Davidson they lose to Presbyterian twenty nine to twenty four. Man, Davidson trying to get in that spot. This is not going to help them out. It's Pres- a basketball school. Presbyterian <laughs> defensive play got a chance uh, to I- Buck Buchanan award. The blue hose. Man, uh, Kennesaw State, ooh. Ooh, Monmouth, we called it. We, we called we it. It. We call it. Once they get we behind, they're not going to be able to catch back up. Monmouth gets to win 42-17. Monmouth,
2: Monmouth's quarterback, his last name is Musket. So oh. pretty much they're the favorite in every game they play the because of that. Coach Archers, the fighting Coach Archer. The fighting Coach Archer. Good run in the no. playoffs. We're going to have to keep an eye on them. Furman in the
1: Citadel. Citadel gets to win 26-7. Citadel seven. is on fire. Watch out for them this weekend. But.
2: VMI. Oh, the key debt's going to be a it's, – it's a pick them it's, uh, it's a
1: pick em. You better make the right it's decision. It's the,
2: Army the Army-Navy game of FCS is what Ooh. I'm hearing. Our, our friend at FCS Nation is is obviously a huge Citadel guy, so we're gonna put that on the pick him. Probably talk to him on Twitter. Yeah. He's gonna talk. Some he's smack. not gonna like my. He's opinion. not. He's not gonna like mine either. <laughs> Weber State. They beat Idaho State
1: 2015. We talked about it. Josh talked about it.
2: Ugly. Yeah, this team- Can- Congrats on the undefeated season but we'll we'll see we'll see on selection Sunday where they're
1: at. Yeah, this is the team that Josh said if if any team's going to get upset it's Weaver State. Delaware Delaware State, Delaware. He had them at number 2 in his mind. They yeah. their defense is great. 34 to 14 against Delaware State. Battle of Delaware and Blue Hens. They are going to be a threat. We yep, might have to good. watch out for they're them. They're good. Northern Arizona. They get the win over southern Utah twenty eight to twenty. Team we gotta scout because we'll be going to Arizona to play these guys. And in two years we'll be playing southern Utah. Ooh yeah. A little, 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 little Sam Houston last little, little action and in uh, and, uh, and the biggest game in our career that we weren't a part of <laughs> Northwestern State Beach UIW 49 to 47 with a game winning field goal the cool thing about it is they were playing while right when we finished so we were all you know celebrating enjoying our win and we got to watch the field goal happen and man what a cool moment
2: dude the la- the last two minutes of that game you know us a bunch of us were, were out together uh, hanging out and celebrating our win and and man watching it do we were watching it on our phones that was that was it's one of my favorite memories it was awesome i mean the everything that happened uh for that game to go the way it did with with a minute and a half northwestern had that in the bag and then all of a sudden with 30 seconds left it was over and incarnate word had it in the bag <laughs> and then at the end of the game Northwestern State kicks a game-winning field goal, and it was just, I mean, what a crazy turn of events to get Sam Houston the automatic qualifier. I
1: mean, we saw that receiving core when we played Northwestern State, so I had no doubt in my mind they were going to make some big
2: throws down the field and get in the field goal range and win that game. Uh, that, the dude the dude that's catching those passes, number four, we, 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 we compared their sizes. He's the same size as DK Metcalf. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I know if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, ah, no way, no really. He's the same size as DK Metcalf, so the dude is a freak. Props to Northwestern State; they were the uh, FCS team of the week. You know, they had a they had a winless season, but like we said, like we like we told you when we played them, Sam Houston State. They are the best winless team in the country, and, and they finally get their first win this weekend. And
1: how about their quarterback? You know, not starting in the beginning of the year, comes out of nowhere, and now he's probably going to be their starter for a few oh, years yeah. down the line. He's their guy now. Northwestern State is a team to look out for in the Southland. But unfortunately, we're in the shit now. Won't, won't we play Don't got to nice. worry about them. Hey, thank goodness! Yeah, a little, a little too they, close uh, for my opinion. Uh,
2: they would. They they're gonna uh, they're gonna surprise the people next fall.
1: Another score is Drake. They beat Butler thirty three to seven. Man, Drake Who? and Butler. What? Who? No one's want to talk about that. In a, in a big game, Montana. Montana has their first game. They opted out. They somehow get another game. They played Central Washington, and they stomped them 59-3. I've been
2: seeing a lot of Montana and Montana State fans crying about how this spring doesn't count. They're just mad that they didn't get a seat at the table. But we'll have
1: to see them in the fall. They'll probably make another run, getting the playoffs. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh yeah. have to see Sam Houston. I Memphis. would not
2: mind traveling to Montana. It's a pretty state. Yeah, in FCS. It's really it's cool. It's beautiful. Missouri
1: State, they beat my Fighting Penguins, Youngstown State, 21-10. to Missouri State...
2: They're the potential to they're, get that large. You know, they, they got to share the Missouri Valley this weekend. Props to them. I mean, what a What a story. Uh, but they're they're definitely on the bubble. They're they're going to be all eyes on on Sunday morning. Fighting Penguins going to have to reload for the fall. Hopefully they come back and they have got they a start. big game. They they can play spoiler this weekend though, Uh-oh. against North Dakota. Uh oh, big
1: one. You need my Fighting Penguins to do that. Sela, they beat Nichols fifty two to forty five. Sela, they are another ch- team that could be at the
2: at large. Have a big game against the Salukis. Oh, now that's, Dalton. That's tough. A little bit of a side story here. Did you see what happened after the Sela and Nichols? Oh game? my goodness! Wow! Oh my. You, you goodness. You want to tell him what happened? Well, I don't know the, the full details. I don't either. I, don't know I, don't why. either. I, I saw the pictures that transpired afterwards. I saw the picture of the giant male. <laughs>
1: so apparently, a Nichols fan after the game jumped out of the stands and started to attack one of the Cela players. Now, I don't know what. I don't know if the Cela guys jumped in and, and took care of business, but I saw the picture of the man. And he oh, was I'm sure a big, they did. Big Louisiana man. Oh so, yeah. You know oh, that's yeah. crazy. Nichols. They they start off really strong. They were the favorite and fell off at the end. Talk about.
2: Creator. Mm. I'm talking, I, I mean, a month ago I was seeing their name attached to Frisco. Oh. Dalton, and, and now they're, they're, they're sitting at home watching everybody this oh. weekend with no shot.
1: Well, they have a chance in the fall in the Southland, not the WAC. Yeah, well, that, I was. Scheduled. My guess
2: is they run through the Southland in the fall.
1: Playing playing teams twice, going to be interesting. Uh, you know, Cela, Northwestern State, and Nichols in the Southland could be a fun little three
2: way battle there. It is interesting that they're all playing each other twice. They yeah, could beat up on each other, could, but no Sam, no Central, no SFA. I mean, I mean, you're losing some really good good teams in yeah, the fall. It, the Southland's
1: becoming more of the Louisiana Conference. All all the Texas people go yeah, to WAC. Louisiana plus Incarnate and HBU really. But Cela gets to win Eastern. Washington, they play Idaho. They won 38-31. Eric Barrier. He's making his case. He wants that Walter Payton award, yeah. but Eric Smith is in the way right now. A little race quarterback battle. Uh, uh, Josh had them both one and two of the race. We'll see how that goes. Maybe we're cheering for our boy, of course, but Eric Barrier is a talented quarterback. Uh, another score, North Dakota State. They beat you and I 23 to 20, huh?
2: Dude, I nearly nailed it. You I almost nearly had nailed it. it. And and my dad, you know, obviously we were playing dur- during their game, but my dad said that. Northern Iowa certainly had a shot to uh, to win that game,
1: man. And uh, you, man, the celebration we could have had if you were right. Uh, North Coast State gets to win though. They're gonna, be a, they're gonna be a trouble in the playoffs because they, of course, eight-time national championship. Playoffs is their home. That's where they shine. ETSU, they be they lose to Mercer 21-13. Mercer, another school, maybe could get that large. A lot of things got to happen. You could see it, maybe not. Murray State, they lose to Jacksonville State. I was riding with the Riders and they let me down. Jacksonville State, another team you gotta look out for for. They're gonna be uh they might be a little threat in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And finally, in, in, in what a game: Sacred Heart versus Duquesne. And uh, we got a
2: little nervous there. Great game.
1: Sacred Heart gets to win, thirty-four to twenty-seven. Sacred Heart is in the playoffs. Julius
2: Chestnut is a certified dogged dog. They
1: could uh, they could spoil some people's playoffs runs. You I, would, know. I would
2: I would love nothing more than a Sacred Heart versus James Madison first round matchup, and Sacred Heart and Julius Chestnut take it to the Dukes. <laughs>
1: And, man, you would have a lot of words to say to Jane. Madison. Oh, yeah. But enough of that. It is time for the biggest weekend of FCS football that we. I don't think we've ever picked. This is a big... A lot of big matchups. We had Josh pick three of them, but uh, we still have more to do. So of course we're gonna start off with Sela versus the Southern Illinois Salukis. Both teams, are, well, Salukis maybe not a chance to get in, but a chance to ruin Sela's shot for sure. Sela gotta win this
2: game and gotta win it big. Humph, who you take? This is this is the epitome of a bubble game, and and you know the Salukis. Props to them. You know that that. That coach put out the statement talking about how they didn't quit. They played. They played through injuries. And so you've got to love the Salukis. We're fans at Walk on Radio. But not so fast, Dog oh. Meyer. If you saw my bracketology yesterday, I have put a lot of stock into southeastern Louisiana. Cole Kelly, that receiving core, You know their their offense, it's, it's really dynamic. And I think I, I'm, I'm picking the southeastern Louisiana Lions. I think if they win – this weekend convincingly i think they'll punch their ticket to the big dance mm, man this is tough dalton
1: dalton myers family consists of salukis of key and spiders we have we have and a bear cats. a little zoo of crazy animals i love my salukis. you've got a zoo i think i've picked salukis every time i don't think i've ever picked against
2: i feel like the salukis are are you know the opposite of Auburn for me in the fall. <laughs> Whenever you pick the Salukis, it goes good. Whenever I pick Auburn in the fall, it went bad. Now, before the key debts, there was
1: Salukis. They were my they were my OG of the zoo. Of course, the Bear guys were number one. Zoo. Put the it on sal- a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, the Salukis were there,
2: but I, I'm, I'm picking seals. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. This is the one yesterday that I, I talked to you about that I know we're going to have different. Oh, I want to pick oh the Salukis so goodness. bad. They're, they're part of the zoo, but the lines are really good. I figured I figured at home, at home at Southern Illinois, you know. And they're the favorites in this. one. I saw the the, the spread today, they're they're four or five point favorites. I thought you'd pick the Salukis, but but of course we're going to pick a, an upset perfectly this weekend. Last weekend, we killed it. So this weekend, I, I think we'll do the same.
1: And this is my thing, too. I was able to watch Sela in person. Yep. I, I was able That's to true. experience That's the true. game
2: that they had. Now, it was
1: the first game we've ever played, so maybe we can say our defense wasn't prepared. But I saw I saw that quarterback, and I saw Joe Wallace, one of our best defensive players, hanging on him, trying to sack him. And he was still dude. able to get balls thrown. He's a big dude. Sela's a good team. I'm sorry, Salukis. If you win, Salukis... I'll never not pick you again. I love you. Do it for me. But, you know, I got to pick up a little too close right now. So I got to go with the Lions of Southeastern Louisiana. The next matchup, we have Bucknell
2: at Holy Cross. Two teams you probably haven't heard of in a while, but Two big time matchup Two teams haven't here. heard of in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, conference championship game. It's, you know, it's for the AQ. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. We picked Holy Cross uh, preseason favorites. I'm sticking with Holy Cross. I've been to their stadium, believe it or not. It's going to be a first-round exit for, for oh, Holy well. Cross in the playoffs. But maybe they'll pull off the upset. But, yeah, give me, give me Holy Cross.
1: Going Holy Cross as well. We picked them. We knew they are going to be good. We knew they are going to win it. They're going to do it. Get the automatic qualifier. Maybe they'll spoil somebody, but not going to happen. <laughs> Holy Cross gets to win. Not a long playoff run, but you never know. The next matchup, ooh, this is a big one. Yep. Army-Navy of the FCS. Yep. We have the Citadel versus VMI. VMI, they need this win badly if they want to get in the playoffs. This, this Cinderella run. And the Citadel, mm. Citadel can ruin
2: somebody's season. Who you tell? Are you going with the? Are you going to be loyal? Well, I've, already, I've
1: already let down the Salukis. So I don't know.
2: Here's the thing, and and I'm putting, I'm picking Virginia Military Institute. I'll, I'll come out and say that first. I'm picking them. You know, automatic qualifier on the line. You know, they have they have everything to play for. It'd be the it'd be the program's first playoff um, appearance. You know, we actually have ties in this game. You know, we're friends with Drunk Old Corpse. Okay, he, he's he's. Uh, He's a, he's a Twitter friend of ours, and we're friends with FCS Nation. Okay, he's a Twitter friend of ours. Whoa. He's on the Citadel side, so a little bit of a little bit of battle of the two. We've had one on the show. Does that sway? Does that mean if okay? If a good via, episode too. If VMI makes the playoffs, we possibly have to have our buddy on the show at least Whoa. for at least for a second, just just to hear him. And, and we
1: got to hear all things VMI because I want I want to break apart this team and know who they are. What if we got a
2: VMI Sam Houston matchup? That'd be that'd be I, a walk wonder, on radio dream. I can't pick it. Yeah. I don't know who I would pick. We've talked about. <laughs> well, it before. I hope you Hold pick it. the Bearcats. You know, they're uh, the leader of your zoo. But, the but ah, listen. But back to back to the Citadel. They've won two games in a row. Okay, they beat Furman last week, which is which is that's a huge win. Okay, so they're hot. And I and I saw a T shirt. You know, regarding this game, if you love the troops, run the triple option. Uh-oh, uh-oh, oh <laughs> no. I'm putting VMI on upset alert this weekend, but I am sticking with the cadets. Oh, well, I let down the Salukis.
1: I didn't, I you know, part of my zoo, but I'm sticking with the cadets. I want them to go all the way. I want them to have a deep playoff run until they see Sam Houston, and then, of course, you know, we're going to win. But I uh, love my cadets, love Virginia Military Institute. Watch out for the Citadel. This is a big rivalry. You never know what could happen. FCS Nation Radio versus Drunk Old Corpse. You never know but the kidets part of the zoo they're going to get the win. But here we go, Humph. The big, big three. 3, the big, big 3 game. the big 3. Delaware versus Villanova is number 1. Josh picked Delaware. Delaware's looking really
2: good, number 2 team in his mind. Humph. Who you got? And they, you know, these three games, you know, the winners and the losers are are fully fully in in the playoff picture. And so we're excited to keep up with it this weekend. Delaware, the Fighting Keelers, the Fighting Flacos, the Fighting Cardies. Against Villanova, the basketball school. Oh. Okay. Villanova. I've kind of been giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know, we had them ranked high for whatever reason. Uh, they, they weren't playing and and you know they picked up a loss, but then they, they turned it around, had some impressive wins. Well, all of a sudden they're back number 10 in the rankings, okay? I'm sticking with I'm sticking with who we've had all year up high. Delaware, the Blue Hens, they've got the defense. Offense is pretty dynamic, too. I just, you know, with with their playoff stakes, you know, they, they have a shot to be a higher a higher seed, have an easier first round, you know, possibly meet up with James Madison later in the playoffs. Who knows? But I'm sticking with the Blue Hens here, and I, and I feel pretty good about that pick.
1: Yeah, I'm going Delaware as well. Their defense is really good. Oh, yeah. the defense wins championships. We've seen it with Sam ourselves. Our defense has saved us in a lot of occasions. Uh, Northwestern State. Uh, even last week against McNeese, our defense had a lot of good stops. A couple goal line stops that yep. changed the game. And I know Delaware's defense is really good.
2: Just give me Delaware. But Villanova, could. Uh, this could be a battle. I can promise you the committee is is praying for a Delaware win. Because oh, yeah. if Villanova wins and some other things happen, all hell will break loose in, in FCS bracketology. Well, another the next matchup could be
1: just the same. Oh, yeah. And we, we picked it last week. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Richmond versus James Madison. The Spiders versus the Dukes. And if y'all, if you if you do not remember, I picked the spiders last week. Am I gonna will do he it? do it again? I'm gonna do it again. I don't do know. It again. Home, who are you taking? James Madison needs this win. Richmond could shake things up with a win here.
2: Props to both teams for getting this this rescheduled. I, I applaud them for for making it happen. You know, James Madison, they've had a cupcake schedule this year. There, there's really no two ways to do it. Um, they have no impressive wins whatsoever in, in my mind. You know, they have a common opponent of Elon. I don't want to say anything, but Richmond was more impressive versus Elon than James Madison was. So we'll see. But now, now, okay, bear with me here. I know you know that I know that that we both know what we want to happen. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, we know course. what's good for the Bearcats. Okay, we've started a hashtag on the Twitter. Stop ranking JMU number one. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. So there's only one decision to go here. The the fan in me wants to pick Richmond, but the football podcast expert analyst in me is picking the dukes. Mm-hmm. So I, I am gonna pick JMU this weekend, but but promise, promise me you understand that I I am I'm full spiders this weekend. I really would love to see a Richmond upset of James Madison.
1: Well, huh. Here it is. Sprinkle, sprinkle the Dalton Meyer, pick-up magic. Am I going to pick Richmond again? The newest member of the zoo. <laughs> you know, never talked about the Spiders. And all of a sudden, I'm picking them to beat James Madison. Who am I? What, what am I doing? I'm the pick king.
2: I haven't never lost. I'm just saying, you only have a two-game lead going in, going into the final week of the regular season. I know. And we're this, picking playoffs, so this, this, is,
1: this could be a swing game. This is a big-time game if I make this decision. But... Every time I picked an upset, most of the time it's happened. Oh, your upset rate is is definitely pretty Stop solid. Stop ranking James Madison number one. You know, you said the fan in you and the expert in you. Well, for me, that's the same thing. <laughs> I'm sticking with my spiders. I love it. I it's love it's it. happening. The I upset is happening. I hope it does. I, I, want it to have, I want to shake things up. in Richmond, uh, they got a lot of, I know it. They got a lot of energy going in this game. James Madison, a FCS powerhouse. And what better time to beat them than the last game of regular season – Give me the spiders. I love it. The zoo. It. We're going crazy. James Madison. You're gonna lose, and uh, this is gonna be a fun celebration. This is like a you and I. If they would
2: have beaten. Oh Dakota. yeah, this I, is I a big it. one. I really hope it happens. Like I said, and uh, and Josh picked
1: James Madison, and finally the last one, the main event of the evening. We talked about it. Hot take with Josh taking South Dakota State. Maybe not so hot take, but a a bold decision at least. South Dakota State versus North Dakota State. The battle of the states. A lot on the line. The, Could mess the up marker, everything.
2: The marker game. I Ooh, love it. So, huh,
1: are you, are you sticking with the, the bold? You had a bold decision last week, and it, it bit you in the butt. But, barely. They don't, it was an almost a win for you. Are you going to do it again? Are you sticking with the eight-time national championship, the favorite,
2: the heavyweight champ, North Dakota State? Have you seen the trophy for this matchup? It's just a, it's, a it's huge, just like a block. It's, it's rock. It's just a rock. It's huge. It's like a forty or fifty pound rock. But that rock means everything. Oh, it's everything. It it, it it's the marker battle. Should and, be and it should be gold while we're at it. I'm glad that they rescheduled this game because of the implications that it has to the rest of the FCS nation. Don who would I who would I be to pick against the bison at the Fargo Dome? I, I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't have the information. But I can bet you that their win streak at home is like freaky good. I'm talking like years. Like I haven't lost a home game in years. I'm oh. not. I can't confirm that. I don't like where you're going with this. Well, they had. A, they, I know they had a 39 game win streak before their loss this season, and they lost on the road. I know that. I better and, not hear not so fast. But you- don't not so fast. <laughs> not so oh, fast. No. The Bison. I said. I said a month ago. Maybe more. I didn't think the Bison would make the playoffs. I was wrong. They're gonna make the playoffs. Okay, that that was that was on me. It was a cold take, and and but here's the thing: I don't regret saying it. Okay, North Dakota had, State versus the field. It's been a common. I don't question. regret saying it because of that right there. North Dakota State versus the field. I still feel confident that the field is going to get it done this spring, and it starts with the Jackrabbits this weekend. The Jackrabbits are going to get it done. I'm taking the freshman quarterback marching into the Fargo Dome to dethrone the Bison. The Bison will not be a top-four seed heading into the playoffs, heading into Selection Sunday. South Dakota State will be the number one team in the country, as Walk-On Radio has had it for weeks, and I'm standing by that, Dalton. Give me the Jackrabbits Mm. in a close one this weekend.
1: Well, that was a hot take. I love it. You're joining joining old Josh Criswell. Well, the first week, our first pick-em of FCS football – I picked Jackrabbits. That was the only one, I think.
2: It was no- yeah, Northern Iowa when we thought they were really good versus the Jackrabbits. You picked correctly. I believed in the Jackrabbits when nobody else did. Well,
1: okay, pause. They were the number <laughs> five team
2: in the country.
1: But a lot of people thought it was going to be a win for Northern Iowa, but it didn't happen. So should I do it again? Should I pick the Jackrabbits, join you and, and Josh and everybody that thinks this upset's going to happen? Or do I stick with a favorite? So I stick with the hot hand? Because you did this last week, and look what happened. They lost. Or they won. But your team lost. Man, this is tough. This is a big day. Of course, the Sam Houston player in me wants North Dakota State to lose, to mix everything up, to change the ranking, bump us up a little bit. We like being bumped up. But these guys are the big dog. They don't lose in prime time. They don't lose in the main event. The, Muhammad Ali didn't walk into the ring and lose that often. You know they lost the Salukis. That's because Dalton gave you know the love, They love, the Salukis. So should I do it to J- the Jackrabbits? I'm not. I'm not doing it. And I think I think that's a good pick. And and uh, you gotta stick with the hot hand. You gotta stick with the eight time national championship. They kind of found their rhythm. You know they haven't won any super big games, or not big games, but like by big margins. But they've been winning. Uh, you always celebrate winning. Winning is hard. Coach Keeler says it all the time. North Dakota State gets to the win. They're still the favorite, and uh, I think once you reach the playoffs, we're going to see the old North Dakota State team that uh, that's born to win, and uh, they're going to get the win. But man, two two games this pick 'em. This could uh, this could change everything. Oh yeah, oh this yeah. Could, this could change the entire pick 'em, and the playoffs is going to be really important. But a hump. We had a great episode, great guest. We Went a little long, but a lot of information that everybody needs great to hear. Great episode though. A lot of opinions.
2: Uh, Josh is a great guy. we wanted him on the show for a long time. Humph. any last words? Selection Sunday, FCS Playoffs, 16-team field, 1030 Sunday morning on ESPNU. Tune in. Hopefully, Sam Houston, that's post-win at Incarnate Word. Hopefully, we're a top-four team in the country. Get to see where the playoff field goes. A real playoff, Dalton. Not this, not this four-team playoff mumbo-jumbo. Whoa. Watch a real college football playoff starting next week. Well, big matchup, big games. And of
1: course, Sam Houston State football playoffs are coming. We're getting closer and uh, we'll see you next episode. Thank you for listening
0: to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and
1: search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.